Hi, Jens here. Are you interested in innovation? This might be something for you too. Every Friday, I share the latest innovation articles, ideas, videos, books, podcasts, and more that I discovered during the week in my newsletter, Connect the Dots. If you subscribe, you will receive an email into your inbox every Friday. You can't find the newsletter anywhere else, so you have to subscribe if you want to receive it. Head over to jensheitland.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and sign up. But now, let's get started with the podcast. Hello, innovators, and welcome to another episode of the Jens Heidland Show, where I connect the dots of innovation and entrepreneurship with my guests. Today's episode is another HIQA, Human Innovation Questions Answered. It's a new live show format, which I bring back into the Jens Heidland Show audio version. And today's topic was people over process and business innovation. If you have any questions to today's episode, please contact me on contact at heightlandinnovation.com and I will answer you straight away or I will bring the questions back into the live show. Enjoy the HIQA life experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to HIQA, Human Innovation Questions Answered Live. Today's topic is all about people. People over processes. I got a lot of questions over the last couple of weeks on processes and people because I've been posting a little bit about this. So I've gathered a couple of questions which I will cover in today's live show. If you have additional questions, please post them inside the comments. Let me just put that here as well. So people, um, I can answer them. I have a, a couple of questions received as mentioned already. So I will answer them first. And if you have questions to the things I'm talking about, you can straight away ask questions to their topics. Let me get first one up. So the first question I got, which I want to answer first is, what is the right process? What is the right process for innovation? This person came from a large organization, so I will answer that towards that direction. What is the right innovation process for an organization? And To be honest, there is no right answer to that. There are a couple of things which you need to be aware of. Number one, the one that fits. So the right innovation process is the right process that fits into the organization because a lot of organizations have a lot of goals and without knowing what the organization wants to achieve with innovation, I have no idea what is the right process. For sure, it's the one that makes the biggest impact for the business. So organizing an innovation process, there are a lot of innovation process out there you can take into your business, but it needs to fit into the organization and it needs to work towards impact for the business. So it's really one that solves problems as the number one thing. So you need to, you need to look into how, does, how is the work, uh, organization structured What are the goals of the organization and how can you create impact with an innovation process? And of course, you go into details when you say, what are the different ways of prototyping? How do you build that into the totality? But for me, the, the most important part of this is really finding a process that works for your business and that enables people to 
innovate inside of that. Important is the enabling factor for me. So that's why for me, is people over a process, you need to involve the people inside of the organization. Yes, there are different ways. And I will go deeper into one of the questions, which is more, how do you structure that on what do you want to achieve with innovation? If you want to go towards disruptive innovation with your business, the process might be different than if you go for improving the core business and, and products. So it's really understanding how do you enable people is the key part. And then when we look into enabling people, the key part for me is every person inside of the business. Specifically, when you go into improving the core business around innovation, you need to work with everyone and enable everyone inside of the organization. So it's from a process perspective, starting with the problem, looking how you can impact the business, and then looking into how do you involve more people than, let's say, if you have an innovation department or an innovation team, more than the innovation team to solve that problem. And that's then, for me, the best process for that organization. And of course, if you take it higher level, you will have a portfolio strategy where you start with, we have these problems inside of our business, and we look into finding solutions for this problem and really going deeper into, into that so that we can focus on solving these problems, creating impact, starting with key understanding of the problems, then sourcing opportunities how you can solve these problems and validating your ideas on how to solve this problem in an ongoing base. So that's more from a portfolio perspective, but from a detailed process level, it's really focusing on a problem, try to create impact and engage the people. And then you can plug in whatever process you like. There are a lot of processes out there. I don't need to go too deep into um, like the lean startup process, whatever this process do, they all help you to validate your ideas and go into details that you prove that your assumptions are right or wrong to be able to create impact for the business. So when you start with looking for processes, it's all about how do you implement the processes with the people in your organization? It's not about what is the right process in the starting point, which is, should we go for the lean startup, should we go for the strategizer building business models? It's more about how do you implement that in the business and create impact? That's what I want to highlight. And thank you already for the comment inside of the chat from Tobias. Um, he, he's just writing that's so true. You need to enable people to innovate that goes beyond just process, roles and responsibilities. 100%. Thank you very much for the comment. Let's Go to the next question. So how do you structure an innovation department? Again, very broad question. It came uh, as well from a mid-sized organization that was about, I, at least what I have researched from a person that works in a 600 people company, about 600 people. So for this organization, how do you structure the innovation department? It depends on what do you want to achieve with innovation. What do you want to achieve with innovation and what is innovation for the organizational context? So innovation can be for a lot of organization. How do we improve on a day-to-day -day base our products, our services? For some organizations, that's innovation. On, on the other extreme, if you say, for us, innovation is disrupting our business model, figuring out how do we double the business, 
looking into new opportunities we have not done. Two different approaches, two different structures of innovation teams inside of that organization. If we take the, the example of improving your core, where you look into improvement on a day-to-day -day business. Key point for me, as I said already in the first questions, enabling everyone inside of the organization to innovate. Innovation for me is one of the big buzzwords out there, similar to sustainability, which is written in all strategies. If you want to innovate, you need to act. You need to put things into the engine of the organization and support this with the innovation team. So if, you, if we take the, the core business innovation, work with a team that's facilitating that process, that's facilitating and enabling everyone inside of the business to innovate on a day-to-day-to-day -day -day base. So the structure of that will be that you maybe have a team in a service organization, but that's working with matrix organization. Of course, this is now like a high level description because I don't know exactly the, the case. But in the end, is it's a service organization that is servicing everyone inside of the total business to innovate. It's not a gatekeeper of innovation, which is often the case in, in, in larger organizations where the innovation team is responsible for the process and the gatekeeper of getting um, funding towards innovation topics. Yes, that can be the case. For me, it's more about how does this innovation engine, this, this small team of innovators, help everyone inside of the total business to innovate? So it's a structure that allows that to happen. The other extreme, if we go towards how do you disrupt your business model and what is the right structure for that? It slightly depends, again, for on what is the company about, what, what are their products, how do they work, how, do the, how are they structured? Are they structured that they have business areas which are working as profit centers? Do they have a large organization which is a service organization on top and everyone is reporting into that organization? So it really depends on that. One thing I have seen, specifically when you look into disrupting an organization, I've, I've been working with a team like this in the past, um, you need to structure that in a way that it is not attacked by the immune system from the organization. Because let's say you work in, if we just take my case, I was working in a large retail and real estate company. So when you take that organization and you say, hey, we're we're going to disrupt our business model, and that's our goal of a small team of innovators. Everyone inside the business will see this this small department as as a as a factor to attack. So it's more a threat to the organization than it is a help to the organization, specifically when you are all sharing of what's going on. So taking this into a structural approach. What I've seen most most profitable or working in that way, building an engine that's attached to the business, but it's not included in, in inside the business. It's more like a spin out of an organization where you have a couple of disruptors, a disrupting team that's working on topics that is not seen on a day-to-day -day basis from the total organization. So, for example, we have validated in the past, with, which I was part of, um, a business model that is disrupting the, the core business of the company I was working in, what we did is we, take, we took a different brand, we used external resources, we worked with them in a way that we can validate all the different assumptions based on core business 
future scenarios and then really doing them in, in, in the outside world under a different brand name and under a different structure so that you have the possibility to go wild and don't, um, let's say, don't hurt the main brand or the main core business. Doing that on the side allows you to build a profitable business if you do it right, because in the end, you need to in, in, include that into the business or at least bring that into the business. So you start external and you slowly move that internal into the business and the structure is really dependent as I mentioned, on where you go. Do you go disrupting the business or do you go into improving the core? Two extremes and two different setups. And of course, there are many, many setups you can do in between and or have double. It always depends on your local situation. Key part is how do you empower the people in both parts? One is empowering the team to facilitate the interaction of innovation in the total business. The other one is facilitating interactions with the team and the outside world, potential future customer base, potential future clients that enable you to build a profitable innovation engine from the outside and then bring that into the business. Let's see, we have a couple of comments here. Um, again, Tobias, couldn't agree more, more. Everybody in an organization is responsible for innovation, not just the internal innovation management team. Yes, agree. Another one from Paul. Do you see the innovation team as the innovators, the facilitators of the innovation process or something else? I think that's exactly to, to the point. It depends what the goal of the innovation team is, what the definition of innovation in that organization is. And that's an evolving thing most of the time. Some companies feel more comfortable starting with innovation, innovating the core, then go slightly outside of the, the, the part, finding new businesses and finding new business opportunities that are connected to the business fairly close. And then they go into, as they build confidence and in innovation, and as well, the innovation culture is evolving inside of the organization. Then they go towards, how do we do this and really take a big step, really take a big leap, really look for 10x impact of the business and so on. Hope that answers the question. What else do we have? How to convince my manager that we should innovate. <laughs> that's that's an innovation, uh, innovative question. So I, I got this question from someone working um, in a smaller organization. So just to, to get the context right. What, number one is listening to the manager, understanding what this manager is about and what are the different trigger points of the manager. That's for me the human aspect of everyone in an organization, everyone who is wants to lead a movement, everyone who wants to lead, a, 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 let's say, an innovation engine or something to innovate going forward. If you just go to the manager and say, hey, we need to innovate because I believe in it, it's not going to happen. So it's listening first, understanding what the needs, dreams and desire of that particular manager are, but linking that to the business, understanding the business and the needs of that manager will help you to speak the right language. Speaking the right language, it's often hard for innovators, specifically for educated innovators. You might understand all the business model canvas. You might understand value proposition. You might understand prototyping. You might understand design thinking. All of these are tools, not necessarily known by everyone in the whole world. Even though that you are an expert in this, that doesn't mean your manager will understand this. 
So how do you talk the language of the manager, the language of the organization and translate what you want to do so that the person can understand it? And then for me, a key part of that is as well, um, do it, act before you ask. Don't ask for permission. If you are if you are a true innovator, you go first and you, you, you don't ask for permission. You go test and validate things and then you come to your manager, which you have listened to before, and ask and, and not ask, show the result. Show results and concrete results, how you can improve a situation, how, how did you solve the problem, how can you solve the problem for the organization, how can you help this manager to shine? Because we are all humans, if you understand that you can help this manager to look better toward, towards the upper manager, or towards the CEO or towards the organization, this person will help you to do this more often. As often you do this and show the success, but also show what is not working, the person will understand and support you on an ongoing way. And that's, of course, step by step. Specifically in smaller organizations, you can do this on a day-to-day -day base and really focusing on helping that manager to shine. They will always go back and support you. And as as they progress as you progress. Small steps which get you into that direction. Next question, what do we have here? Um, how to motivate the organization to innovate? That's maybe linked to, 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 to the previous question. This came from a person working again in a very large organization. I think this organization had, what, what did I look in? Plus 80,000 employees. So very, very, very large organization motivate the organization to innovate it's it's not easy there there are a lot of things that come together and need to come together to motivate a whole organization if you talk about innovation for me it's always do first do first and show the results you will most of the time you will not convince people inside of large organization with just a presentation you have the possibility to speak to a lot of people inside of the organization, you just tell a story or you just mention, hey, we should innovate, we should do this, we should do that. As long as you don't have proof points in large organization that show results, understandable for everyone inside of the business, people will not move. People will not support that. Though that they will say before, yes, they like your idea, they like your approach, it's often the missing point that you show results. So it's a key part for you as the innovator building recognition of people that they understand you can support a business topic, you solve a real problem for the business and then you show the results and therefore you do step, step by step go into that. Then you share the story. You share the story of how you did it, what has worked, what has not worked. And as well for me, important, I know not all organizations are up for doing that, sharing the failures sharing what didn't work and not in a blaming perspective do this in a way that people understand that you truly come from you have validated it in that way and it didn't work and it's not bad it's a good learning because it helped you to come to that next step and it helped you to find the right solution or the next step of the right solution really really important telling that story and getting the perspective of the other people but talking in the language they understand. I've worked in a furniture um, company in, in, in IKEA globally. 
So early on when I was a team leader and I was responsible for reducing energy consumption in an IKEA store, we calculated the energy consumption back into sofas because sofas you have affordable sofas and sofas you have very expensive sofas. So we translated that into the expensive version and told a story around how many sofas do we need to sell to be able to convert that into the energy consumption we need to save. So everyone understood from a monetary as aspect of how much money this conversion from sofas to electricity in that case was worth it for the business. So if you are able to tell the story that people understand it, it helps them to support your curse. It helps them to really say, okay, there's something in it. Maybe we can do this in a different way. So people will come and start asking you about things. And then key part for me is documenting your journey. I'm a big fan of documenting on a day-to-day-to-day -day -day base your journey of what's happening, how is it working, how do you do that? Because if you build a storyline and help people to interact with you on an ongoing base, they get hooked to that story. They get hooked to the movement and they see you progressing. There was a good post yesterday from a good friend who is innovator in AXA Nobel, which I shared only on LinkedIn yesterday. So he was taking a video and showing how they work with startups. I think that's exactly the way you should do internally to, to increase the awareness of what this team of innovators is doing in AXA Nobel and as well get people interested because he interviewed people, he interviewed startups who are part of this um, acceleration program and engagement program they do in Amsterdam. So it was a very good example of doing this in, in a corporate context and get people on board showing the progress as, as he goes. And I asked him on WhatsApp this, this night to, to do this more often because I really liked it as an external. I have not seen what these guys are doing. So this is a great story. And it's not corporate PR. It's not corporate communication. It was going external, but it's, I think, valuable internal and external. Next question. What do we have here? How much should the innovation budget of an organization be? <laughs> That's always a fun question. There, there, there are a lot of statistics out there and, and, and companies who say it need to be X percentage. I can't tell you an exact percentage. For me, it's more about what is the goal of the organization? What is the, the ambition of the organization and the CEO and the leadership team of that organization where they want to be? Linking that to the goal, again, if we have these two extremes, do you want to keep stable, which means, yes, we, we focus a little bit on improving our course, offer our core products and do this on an ongoing base, more like day-to-day -day improvement. And they call it innovation from a definition perspective. That requires different budget than if you go for disrupting the total business model. Different approaches, different budgets needed. So if we take this into examples, if we go... Let's go, let's go for, for the disrupting part. If you want to disrupt and put an innovation engine attached to the business, so it's a small team, let's say five people connected to the business, they still are employed in the company, but they're in on the side and they kind of get a two-year assignment and finding out how to disrupt the, the business model and prototyping that in an ongoing base. What I would do is I would put them into startup mode. I would 
not cancel their salaries, but I would reduce their salaries to a minimum and then build a profit model. So they need to run this small engine as a startup because if they focus on designing it as a business, it will help them to build a business. If they just get all the wealth of the big core business or larger core business or smaller core business, they will, they, they, they're fed well, so they get a nice salary, they drive cars, they, they get a huge budget for marketing, for all these other things, which is not normal in the external world. So if you're a startup, you're constrained by everything. So you need to build in constraints from the beginning for this engine to be successful in the long run. I know that you, you might imagine that you put you give them a budget of $5 million and they will come up with nice ideas, but they all live in this safety bubble. If you truly want to disrupt the business model, they need to find ways of increasing this business, these opportunities they do, in a way that they can finance themselves. And if they are able to do this over a longer period of time, they will find a profit model that slowly is able to take over the core business in the long run. Because if you want to disrupt your business model, the new business model needs to be more profitable than the old one. If not, it doesn't make sense to swap the business model or it, or it will be just an additional offer, which can be the part. So not necessarily all the things the, let's say, disruptors team will work on will be a huge disruption. Maybe they have a feed into the core business where they say, hey, this we thought is a disruptive thinking, but it's not. So we feed it into the the core business, and they can then take it to to improve their core business structures. So I think there's a key part of linking that as well. From a budget, as less as necessary, um, as less as possible. <laughs> so it's 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 really important to to do that. If you then take the core business, then it's more like and a team that's supporting the core business to innovate. It really depends on what is the industry how capital intensive is building innovation in that industry? Is it very scientific based? Is it more process based? Is it human based? So it really depends on what that is. So I can't say what is an exact figure. For me, key again, if you work with the core team that's supporting the core business to develop and innovate on a day-to-day -day base, focus on enabling the whole organization. So then you spread as well the, the, the monetary aspect, which means budget needed. Let's see if we have more questions. I think that's it. That's it for today. So if you if you have questions, I'm doing this session with different topics every Thursday, 11 a.m. Berlin, Madrid, Central European time going forward. If you have questions, if you have topics you want me to cover, please contact me at contact at heightlandinnovation.com and I will bring that topics into the live show. And of course, I will bring that as well into the podcast later on. So every live show I will do will be an audio version inside of the podcast latest on the day after. So you can listen to it again and maybe ask questions inside of the comments of wherever you see this. And I can take the questions into the next session and answer them um, as well in an ongoing base. That's it for today. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure having you all and um, looking forward to the next HIQA human innovation question answered and it's all live and you will able you will be able to ask ask questions inside of youtube inside of linkedin inside of all the different facebook groups where i'm posting this 
So please reach out to me and contact me at contact at heightlandinnovation.com if you have topics you would like to cover or like me to cover in the next session. If you want to jump on a podcast with me and go deeper into a specific topic, maybe have an argument, I'm all up for this. Please contact me and see you next week, Thursday, 11 a.m. Central European time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You will find the links and resources in the show notes of this episode. If you would like to support the podcast, the most impactful thing you can do is subscribing to the show on any of the podcasting platforms and give me a review. This will help me to reach more innovators around the world and bring some of you into the show. If you have any question to the guest or want to engage with me, feel free to reach out to me on social media and contact me there.